0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Grace and peace be yours in abundance, the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Greeks had a problem with the resurrection. Many of them scoffed at the idea because they believed that the body was something less, a shell that was to be escaped. The ideal and greater reality was the spiritual. So death was seen as a soul escaping the material world for the higher and greater immaterial reality of eternal forms. Such ideas are still reflected in Buddhism and Hinduism and were used by pagans to justify burning the dead in order to release the soul from its bodily prison. In contrast to such an idea... We hold up a resurrection and a restoration. We see both today in our readings. In Luke, we see that Jesus does not consider the body bad or evil. He rises in his body. He does not dispense of it. He does not abandon his body in the grave. Rather, Jesus takes it up again. He lives as a fully embodied human. If we read further in Luke 24, we see that Jesus eats a broiled fish before the apostles, showing that he is indeed resurrected from the dead. And in Isaiah, we see that God affirms the creation itself is good, for he restores the whole earth and remakes Jerusalem. Peace is restored between animals. The length of life won't even compare to today. There will no longer be loss of property or loss of life. Work will not be in vain and people will live fulfilled lives. There will be joy and rejoicing and no more weeping or sorrow. And man will once again dwell in God's presence and he will hear and answer them. The world will be made anew and things set. A right. Our hope is firmly here in the resurrection of Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus physically raising you and me and all believers into eternal, everlasting human bodies to live with Him in the new heavens and earth. So why have some Christians exchanged this certain and sure promise of Christ Jesus for a hope that ends with our spirit-dwelling, bodiless with Christ in heaven. But why do some Christians promote a spiritual resurrection and stop there? It seems that the idea of the Greeks and others has influenced the way some Christians think. But the question isn't whether it has influenced some out there. The question is, has it influenced you? For example, did you know that very little is written about the time for the Christian between death and resurrection? A few passages reference this time as being with Christ and as the Christians sleeping or resting. Plus, it is clear that our body and soul are separated at death, but beyond this, the great emphasis is on a restored and glorified bodily existence for the people of God in a new heavens and earth. And this is made abundantly clear today in our reading from Isaiah. Here is our hope clearly pictured. Here is why our focus is intently on Christ Jesus coming again soon. We're not meant to be bodiless souls. God does not intend for us to exist only as spirits. He intends his creation to be put back together like he made it in the beginning, but even better because there will no longer be a chance for sin and death to enter into the world again. None will harm or destroy on His holy mountain where our Lord will dwell with mankind. So today, let us focus our attention on what will be. Let us look forward to Christ's return. Let us see how glorious our future life with Christ will be. Notice what our Lord reveals here in Isaiah. He says that the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. In verse 17. In other words, what is coming is so good, we will not even think about our past struggles our troubles. Even today, we do not ponder the bad times or dwell on our difficulties when things are going well. It's not that we have forgotten them, but they do not control our lives, nor do they weigh upon our hearts. During such glad times, we're free of our past. The new heavens and earth will be like that, but even greater. Not only will such times be a joy for us, they will be delightful to God. For he will rejoice in his people. He will no longer sorrow over His creation or how we live, nor will He be in distress or weeping. Just think about that for a moment. Look at all the things in this world that cause us heartache and sorrow. Murder, war, fights, mistreatment of children, abuse, theft, swindling, illness, Injuries, death, fires, natural disasters, gossip, and much more. All of these things shall be no more. All of these will be removed from your life. I can hardly imagine such a world and a life. And yet this is what we have coming in Christ Jesus. This is what His resurrection grants us. This is what our baptism into his name means for us. Our lives will not end. Those who are a hundred years old will be considered young. Those who work will forever enjoy the fruits of their labor. Work will no longer be futile. Today, we build our houses Collect this or that only to sell it later for needed cash or to pay for our lives when we are old. Today we have to rush around to try to preserve our lands and houses from fires and destruction. But then we shall build and enjoy. We shall plant and eat. Then there will be no destructive forces. No moth or rust, no lack of food or goods. Life will go on. We'll be like ancient trees that just keep growing and living. And we will be in communion with God. He will speak and we will hear and listen. We will speak and He will have already answered. No longer will our prayers be frustrated by our sinful flesh, the world, or the devil. No longer will anything come between us and our Lord and God. We will forever dwell with Him and eat with Him at His table. In fact, the meal we enjoy today, a meal we only have sometimes, will be an everlasting banquet. A great privilege to dine in God's presence again and again, to know Him and be known by Him. This is the kind of communion we can only dream of in this world. But in the age to come, we will no longer be separated from God, from each other, or or even from the animals by our sin. Division will end and peace will ensue. The poison of sin will be removed and we will fully know the resurrection life granted to us in baptism. We will live it. Oh, for that day to be here soon. Oh, for our Lord's coming again. Oh, that the things of this world, the devil and our own corrupt flesh would be removed and that day would be here in its fullness. For now, we face the conflicts, troubles, anxieties, sorrow, and much more of this world. For now, We deal with division, death, and suffering. But we do not deal with and live with these things in despair. We have hope, true, certain, real, physical hope. Our God has come. He has fought for us on the cross. He has met and filled our need and lack. He's brought healing and life to us. He's restored our souls in baptism and continually at His table. He feeds our need for forgiveness and life. God has delivered at the cross and in His empty tomb. And He continues to deliver His gifts and word to you and me. He fills you with Himself as you await that final day. He fills us with hope. For the day is coming, and He is bringing restoration. The world will be made new and restored. as also Christ will bring to completion the good work He has begun in you. For His life is your life. His resurrection is now your resurrection. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Peace to God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.